Hi, everyone. Welcome to What I Wish I Knew, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate college. We are your hosts. I'm Alex. I'm Edgar. And I'm Uriel. Previously on WIWIC, we went through the Common App prompts for the upcoming school year and gave you ideas on how you can approach each one. In today's episode, we'll discuss the importance of choosing the right people to write your letters of recommendation. Let's get the basics out of the way. If you're applying to a college through the Common App, you'll be required to submit two letters of recommendations from teachers and one from your guidance counselor. Now, in general, you can ask any two teachers you wish to write your letters, although keep in mind that some schools might ask for specific teachers. I know, for example, that MIT asks you to limit uh, your rec letters to one STEM teacher and one teacher that, is not a, uh, that doesn't teach a STEM subject. So please keep that in mind. That being said, Alex, can you give us a little glimpse of why the rec letters are so important? Sure, you're also a little bit of a story here. Uh, back when I was a senior in college, I actually decided to go and see my admissions file. And some colleges actually give you this option. And so I was really curious to see uh, the reasons why the college admissions officers thought I'd be a good fit into the college back when I was a senior in high school. And so I actually did go see this file. And so surprisingly enough, one of the things I noticed was there was like these long paragraphs of notes that the admissions officers wrote about me. Uh, you know, detailing everything from like my GPA, my test scores, my extracurriculars, even my letters of recommendation and my interview. And the funny part was that the things you think would matter the most, so like your GPA and your test scores, you know, all of these numbers, there was a total of maybe two sentences and they were very much just in the beginning of this entire review of me as a candidate. And it almost seemed like they were just glancing over these test scores, like they weren't as important as everything else. It literally looked like the admissions officers looked at these numbers and they saw that maybe they passed a certain requirement and then they stopped talking about it. Everything else from then on was talking about me, like me as a person and my character, like my morals of why I would be a good addition to their student body, as opposed to um, if I had the test scores to get in. Uh, and so I thought that was, you know, a big highlight of my visit there. And a big takeaway for me was people tend to think that the more important things are, you know, your grades and your test scores, and though they are important, um, for me, big takeaway was most admissions officers, they're going to see that most other kids also have really high test scores, and they really want to see how you stand out. And so the letters of recommendation is a really good opportunity here um, for them to get to know you as a person, because up until then, up, up until now, they only know you as like a name on this application and a few numbers, right? Letters of recommendation gives them a chance to find out who you are as a person, to get to know you. How well do you work with others? How well do you report to your teachers? And um, having said that, I can say that the letters of recommendation are a very important part of your application. I think the big takeaway from your story, Alex, is there are two different kinds of components to a college application. There are the quantitative factors. These are raw numbers, test scores, rank, GPA, things that an admissions officer can quickly glance at and deduce you know, where you stand compared to all the other applicants. They will most likely take a minute or two just looking at this, making sure you meet a certain threshold. The other important part of your application are the qualitative factors. These are your essays, your letters of recommendation, you know, the extracurriculars you did or any extra art portfolio or anything like that that you might set in. These take more time to digest the admissions officers really have to comb through these essays, these rec letters to get a good idea of who you are. 
And this is where most of the meat of the application is, right? Because they can see who you are, not only from what you write, but from other, what other people write about you. And I think that's why, that, uh, that's why these letters of recommendation are so important because this is more of an objective view, you know, like we're all gonna try to write the best essay we can, try to write about our experiences to put us in a really positive light. And while your recommendations, your recommender, your recommender should also do this, you know, having the opinion and the feedback of somebody else feels like an objective truth, you know, feels like it's an extra added layer of security that, you know, they're getting a good candidate that's a good fit and just makes your application more robust. So we want to make sure that your recommenders know exactly you know, how to, how to write a good letter. What are the things they should include and what are the things they should avoid? Keep in mind that we're not talking about telling your recommenders exactly what to write, but more on what to focus on. You know, there's certain things that will be evident in other parts of your application. And like we've talked before, we want to avoid redundancy, right? So if, you, if your essay is about how you really, you know, enjoy being on the math team and that's like taught you valuable lessons, you don't want to then have a recommender talk about how great you are as the captain of the math team, right? Because they're, the admissions officer is just hearing something that they already know. You want to use this opportunity to teach them something new about you. Edgar, do you have anything to add? You know, I think many students sometimes they stress out because they want to make sure they get the right person to write their letters of recommendation. They want to make sure uh, they want to think strategically about it. They want to make sure that they cover all their bases. They have a math teacher and an English teacher, or they want to have an art teacher and a physics teacher. You know, everybody wants to, in a sense, find that balance. But in the end, you just need to make sure that your recommenders, you know, they know you for who you are. They know how you are as a worker, your ethics, uh, your work ethic, and different things like that. When you guys, you know, you guys were looking for people to write your letters of recommendation, what did you look for? Did you have people already in mind? Uh, what sort of relationship do you guys have with them? Yeah, so I knew when I was filling out the Common App and I had to request letters of recommendation, I knew exactly who I was going to request letters from. And part of that reason is because I had applied to several summer programs previous years and I'd asked these teachers for letters of recommendation. And so I knew that applying to college that I would be able to count on these teachers seeing as they've already written letters of recommendation. And if anything, they could probably use the same ones, just update them with things that they now know about me, right? After an extra year. So having said that for me, you know, obviously my guidance counselor wrote a letter of recommendation for me. And I actually knew my guidance counselor very well. I actually knew her from like first day of high school. And so that helped me out quite a bit because she knew about like my story and everything. But then as for letters of recommendation from two teachers, I purposely chose these two teachers. So both of these teachers, I actually knew from all four years. And one of them being a STEM student was my physics teacher. And so I had known my physics teacher since like the first day of freshman year, because coincidentally, she was my science teacher, uh, not a physics class, but a science teacher my freshman year. And then sophomore, junior and senior, she was my physics teacher. And she just knew me so well. And she knew about my passion for physics. And again, she had written letters of recommendation for me. So I knew I'd be able to count on her to write me a good letter of recommendation. And then my second letter, the second teacher I requested a letter from, I also knew her for several years. And she was actually my German teacher. And so you might think, you know, why would someone who wants to study STEM ask a letter of recommendation from a German teacher or a language teacher? And so the reason... I did that was I wanted to appear a bit more well-rounded, not just appear as someone who's good at science and also interested in like a bunch of other subjects. And so 
given that I was studying German or taking German in high school, that's something that you take for all four years. You know, there's German one, German two, German three, and so on. And so I was taking German one as a freshman and, and all the way up until senior year. And so I knew I wanted a lot of recommendation from a teacher who taught like a language or a humanities course. And so having known my German teacher for so long, I knew that she knew a different side of me that the physics teacher didn't know. And so uh, when I thought of that second letter, I immediately went to her. Yeah, Alex, my experience was a little bit different. I knew one of the teachers that I wanted to ask for sure. She was my AP biology teacher. And although I had just recently gotten to know her really well my senior year, this wasn't a teacher, you know, that I had been close with since freshman year, or I, I didn't really even know her junior year. But we had gotten so close senior year because of the nature of the class I was in. AP biology was her favorite class. So she interacted a lot with the students. It was a class we had every day while every other class was A and B days. So it felt like being in homeroom with her. And she really liked me and my group of friends. So I knew that she was going to be one of my recommenders for sure. Back then, I thought this was going to work out really well because she was my AP bio teacher and I was applying as a pre-med major, you know. So who, who better than to talk about my passion about biology and, and, you know, wanting to become a doctor. The second letter recommendation I, I was a little bit more wary about because I didn't really know who to ask. I liked a lot of my teachers, but I didn't know if most of my teachers had the experience of writing a rec letter for, you know, for an Ivy League or a school like that. Not to say that they wouldn't write a good one, but I'll give you an example. Three out of my eight, eight teachers senior year, this was their first year teaching, right? So this was potentially one of the first few times that somebody was going to ask them for a letter of rec. And that made me a little wary um, because I was thinking, yeah, this is just an all, another letter for them. But for me, this is my future in play. So I wanted to be really strategic. I did think about asking a language arts teacher or an English teacher uh, to seem well-rounded. But at the end of the day, I thought to myself, you know, what good is it to have two rec letters from two different teachers if one of them is going to be mediocre? I'd rather have two rec letters from two STEM teachers that really stand out you know, than have mediocre rec letters that make me seem well-rounded. So I ended up asking my English teacher, who was his second year teaching, and I let him know of this concern, right? I told him that I was really worried because college was a huge deal for me. I, I let him know my personal cir circumstances, you know, he was one of the first teachers that I told, hey, college is going to be really hard for me if I don't get into one of these really good schools that have really good financial aid. It's not that I don't want to go to NIU or University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. It's that simply my family won't be able to afford to go. And that's why I'm applying to these schools. So, you know, if you, if you need any help, if you need any, anything to know from me to make this process easier for you, let me know. Like, I want to make this as easy for you as possible. And I think that's another tip that I would give students, right? Write a little cheat sheet for your recommenders, right? Write things that you worked on in their classroom, projects that you think stand out, or other things that you do outside of the classroom that you think might be important to highlight. I felt really confident after this conversation. And yeah, I, I think they both wrote two really good letters. I didn't, I never ended up reading them or, you know, seeing my own admissions file. So I don't know what the admissions officers thought of them, but, you know, ended up working out well. Another thing that I was worried about was asking my guidance counselor for a letter of recommendation. This is because I really didn't know my guidance counselors too well. 
in my entire school of 600 students, there were only two counselors for all of us. And they were there to attend to all matters, not just college. So if you had, you know, problems at home or problems in school, or if you're wondering about extracurriculars, anything like that, maybe going to the local community college or enlisting in the army, they were your go-to. And at this time of the year, when people are applying to colleges, they were swamped. There was literally a waiting list of a few days just to get an appointment with them. And I knew that their standard procedure was to, you know, ask you for a cheat sheet of all the extracurriculars you did, your rank and your GPA. And then they would formulate a letter based off that. I had spoken to other students from previous years and they said that the rec letter from the guidance counselor read something like this. This is Uriel Espinoza. He is ranked, you know, two out of 150 in GKHS. He does these extracurriculars outside of the classroom and most of his teachers have really good things to say about him. Uh, he hasn't been in trouble at all the first, the first four years he's been here. As you can tell, this sounds kind of vague and almost generic, and I don't blame them, right? If you had to crank out 150 rec letters in one season, you'd probably find your own formula to write. So I spoke to them and again, let them know how important this was to me, and they were very re receptive. And they decided to work with me. And, you know, we talked about other things, even though we never had known each other before, they got to know me just so they could write that letter and have it something that would be helpful for me and that we would both be proud of submitting. So I think if you're nervous about not having relationships with people at your school to write uh, letters for you, don't let that prevent you from asking, right? Take this as an opportunity to get to know the faculty at your high school. Most of them are really nice and really care about the students. And also get, uh, take this opportunity to share your story with them and maybe they'll learn something new and they'll use you an as an example later on to other kids who are facing similar struggles years down the line. I had kind of a very different experience from both of you. So Uriel, I think you said that for your, for your graduating class, there were about 150 of you or how many were there? Yeah, that's about right. And Alex, how many people were in your class, uh, your graduating class? There was about 250. Okay. Uh, well, my school had about four or five counselors for each class. But, you know, those were, those were four or five counselors for if you put 500. We had about 2,000 students in the whole school. So, you know, being able to have a good relationship with each, with each one of us was going to be pretty difficult. I remember when I was, uh, when I had to ask my guidance counselor for a letter's recommendation, well, for one, it was already pretty much a given. The guidance counselors knew we had some assigned per homeroom. So we knew who our, our guidance counselors were and, and who they're going to write for. But not everybody had the best relationships with each counselor because of how limited their time was and how little we actually knew about them. Uh, so at one point, I remember when I had to ask for that letter of recommendation, I wasn't actually very, very much, you know, comfortable asking for a letter of recommendation from that counselor. I was actually more, more comfortable asking for my letter of recommendation from the, like the head of the counseling department uh, who had been my counselor when I was in seventh, seventh and eighth grade over at, a, at my high school. And I spoke with her and she said, well, technically, you know, your, 
your assigned guidance counselor is the one who's supposed to write it for you. But you know, I'll be sure to to talk with her. And I trusted and I trusted this woman with with all my heart. So I I knew that if she had some input in the letter recommendation, that was going to be a very good letter recommendation. So it was kind of a an uneasy situation at first, but uh, thankfully she came through and and she was a very great help. I mean, and that was that letter recommendation. One of them was actually from my teacher for my my AP English language and composition class. She she was actually going to move to Japan with her husband. And before she left, she actually said, you know, I will be moving, but I want to be as helpful to all the juniors in the class as possible. So let me, you know, let me help you with your letters of recommendation. We're like, okay, cool. And she, I think she pretty much had a very standard way writing those letters of recommendation but class was english language and composition but it was just a mixture of english history you know all the social sciences sociology uh, psychology gender studies it just included so much that i just came out of there very well rounded uh, and i believe and i know that she actually wrote about that in the letter recommendation because she told me at the same time right before she was going to write the letter recommendation she was pretty proactive in asking me what i wanted to what I wanted to be sure was included in the letter recommendation. And I gave her a few a few things uh, that I wanted because by then I kind of had the idea of what I wanted to study, which was political science. And so I gave her a few uh, things that I was doing that kind of, you know, kind of re- relay the fact that I was into politics and government, public service. At the same time, she was very she was very keen on making sure that she also included the other activities that I was involved in, such as the math team, to show I was very well-rounded. The last person that uh, I asked for my letters of recommendation, and I actually had to ask her uh, to write my letters of recommendation, uh, my letter of recommendation, uh, was my Spanish teacher. I had actually taken only one class with her, but because we were both um, Latino, we were very cool with each other. We just had a wonderful relationship. And at the same time, I was the president of a Latino organization in my high school, Latinos Unidos. And she was actually the faculty advisor for that organization. And so I felt more than comfortable asking her. There was actually, um, there, there was actually some thought points because we actually had two faculty advisors. And, you know, at, at one point, I, in a sense, I didn't want to disappoint slash you know, insult one teacher by choosing the other. Uh, but because her and I, we already had a history, we had taken a class together, she knew me, she knew what I did, what I liked, where I wanted to apply to school. Um, she was definitely going to be the, the best fit. Actually, when I got, uh, when I was accepted um, at Harvard University, she was the first teacher that I told the very, very beginning of the school day, I, I rushed to the, to the world language department and I told her and I thanked her for for letter recommendation, I th- honestly think that of all the of all the letters of recommendation that were written for me, I think hers was probably the most effective because one, she knew me and at, at on an academic level, but she also knew me as a leader from my leadership abilities, skills uh, with the organization. But just me as a as a person, I I had definitely gotten to know her. Um, I consider her a friend now. And and even when I was in I was in high school, so you know I think when when you're looking for somebody to write that letter recommendation, uh, you, you know you're really trying to look for somebody that can speak to you who you are. And as Alex and Uriel, how you guys have mentioned, you know somebody that can speak to your character, uh, that can speak to your work ethic, that can speak to 
who you are generally as a person. You want to make sure that they get that raw sensibility. You know, nothing artificial, nothing, you know, like aside from, you know, the numbers and everything. I mean, every the admissions officers are going to be able to see that through the rest of the application. But what they want to see in those letters of recommendation is who you are uh, as a person. And I so And so when you're looking for people to write those letters of recommendation, uh, be sure you know that you, you have a, uh, a personal uh, relationship with this person. And you know what, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes, you know, we can, we can stress out because sometimes maybe we don't have those types of personal relationships uh, with certain teachers. Uh, but you know, many of these teachers, they, uh, you know, they've been asked to write letters of recommendation before. And all you got to do is ask. I mean, the worst thing they can say is no. And all you got to do is ask and, and see if they're willing to, you know, at, and at that point, maybe then at that point, you can begin and establish a, rela- a relationship with them. Uh, but, you know, you had to be cognizant too that, you know, they're teachers, they're busy. Uh, they got other students to, to work with. So be sure that when you're asking for that letter of recommendation, you give them time. You give them time to, uh, you know, gather their thoughts and be able to interact with them uh, just to make sure that, you know, that any letter recommendation that they write um, is done effectively and coherently. All right, Edgar. So going off of your last point, question for the both of you, how much time should you give your teachers to write your letters of recommendation? I think there's no hard rule, right? Obviously be cognizant of people's time. Don't tell your teachers three days before it's due. And also don't tell them, you know, three months in advance because they might forget down the line. I think you should look at who you're asking, see how much they have on, your, on their plate, ask them if there's been other students that have asked for letters of recommendation, and then work off their schedule. Uh, I would say a good amount of time is probably two to four weeks. And then also please make sure you keep track of the progress, right? Teachers have lives too, both in and outside of school. They might agree and they might tell you, hey, I'll get this done within a week or two. And then life happens and you realize that the deadline went by and one of your teachers didn't submit uh, their letters. This has happened to many students. And you know, you can be mad at the teachers, you can try to put the blame around, but at the end of the day, it all falls on you. So please make sure to keep track. Give them gentle reminders, ask them about progress, right? You can say something as simple as, hey, I really appreciate that you're writing this for me. Just wanna you know, flag that the deadline's coming up five days from now wanted to see how the process is going, if you need anything else from me, things like that. So remember two to four weeks and make sure you're involved in the process. You know, mine was a very special circumstance because like I said, the English teacher that was the one who wrote my letter of recommendation, she actually wrote, wrote it at the end of my junior year. And then she actually gave it to my guidance counselor so she could hold on to it. So, you know, that was a special circumstance um, and then my guidance counselor, I think we were supposed to tell them about two months before, d- depending on whether we wanted to apply early or regular to 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 any school. Um, but when it came to my to my uh, my Spanish teacher, uh, the faculty advisor for my organization, she uh, she actually was pretty she was very proactive in saying that you know what, give me at least a month for for me to prepare um, because of obviously and like Uriel said uh, you know teachers have lives they got other things to do they got homework to grade they got curriculums to look over they have a bunch of stuff they got to do uh, so we got to be uh, you know we, we, we got to be cognizant we got to be uh, conscious of their time uh, so I think you know I, th- I think at least in my experience two weeks might actually be I'd say kind of short short notice I don't know 
I mean, in a sense, it's kind of like like asking somebody to write an essay in uh, in two weeks, which I mean, some people can do it, some people cannot. I don't know. Like Uriel said, it depends. It depends on the teacher, it depends on their circumstances. But I'd say, in my experience, uh, pr- pretty much give them a month, at, at least a month. But yeah, if you go more than that, there's a huge possibility that at, at some point, kind of your 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 request kind of falls through the cracks. Because you know they have many other asks from other students, uh, so yeah, I'd say I'd say about a month, four weeks. Uh, I'd agree with Uriel on that. Yeah, Edgar, I think that brings up another point, right? It really depends on your personal situation. If you go to a small private school, let's say, or a small rural school, where your teachers have, you know, thirty students that they see a piece, they might not need a month. You know, they might be good with two weeks, like in my case. But if you go to a big school with two thousand students, like Edgar. Yeah, you should probably put it on the radar way before that. And also keep in mind that guidance counselors are often having to write way more than any specific teacher. So give your guidance counselor a little bit more time. I think the general rule of thumb would be like, if you give your teacher three weeks to a month, give your guidance counselor two months, right? Because they're spread out a little bit thinner. So keep that in mind. Uh, What about you, Alex? How was your experience? Yeah, so my experience was actually pretty similar to, to what both of you experienced. I definitely agree. I would think the magic number for teachers is around four weeks. Um, I actually made the mistake of asking one of my teachers like three months in advance. And I thought it's because I knew this teacher so well that coming in like the first day of school, I told them to write me a letter. And then to be honest, I never really checked in on them until about like two weeks before the deadline and they'd completely forgotten. And they, by then they were so packed that they actually ended up submitting the letter two days late, which is invalid. And, you know, ended up working out okay because I had a few teachers on, like as backup, but just to show you as an example and give you guys a bit more credibility that yes, asking your teachers a bit too far ahead uh, might not be the best thing to do. But at the same time, I'd say anything like one week, maybe even two weeks might be a little bit, might be not enough time. And to give you guys an example there, again, to add some robustness, is I had a few friends that would ask teachers letters of recommendation like the week before the big deadlines, right? So right around like November and right around January. And what I thought was interesting was they would actually receive the physical letters. And at one point, we actually, (laughs) these friends with the letters read them out loud to each other, and they noticed that the letters were almost exactly the same. As in the teacher had written, because on such short notice, the teacher had written them essentially a canned letter, uh, where basically the letter is a very generic, looks exactly the same. The only thing they changed was the name. So definitely to keep in mind, if you want your teacher to write you a very like thoughtful letter that is about you, definitely give them enough time. I would say four weeks is the magic number. Oh no, that sounds like a horrible story, Alex. I know I'd, I'd feel you know kind of bad for putting my teacher in that situation and ending up with a subpar letter. I think that brings to the point, right? Like these letters take effort. So make sure to not only give your teachers enough of advance notice, but also when the letters are in, right? When everything is, you know, is set, when you're just waiting on the decision, take the time to thank your teachers and your counselors. Yes, this is their job. Yes, they do get paid to do this. But, you know, writing a good letter takes a lot of time and effort on your end and on their end. Write them a card, right? Write them a nice email. And if you can, maybe get them a piece of chocolate or something you know they'd enjoy. Uh, it's always nice to give back. Did you guys do anything special for the people that wrote letters for you? I just gave them a huge hug. I um, I probably could have done more, but I think uh, the the person the 
personal affection, you know, the intimacy um, that comes with that. I mean, a hug is a hug is, is something special, and I think uh, teachers can appreciate that. Like like we've said before, you know, teachers are humans too. They got they got they got time on their hands. They got uh, they got other responsibilities. But if you can establish that relationship of having a teacher as a friend, you know, I think it really goes a long way. Uh, it really goes a long way to just give them a hug. Yeah, and. Just going off of that, I, I definitely thank my teachers and my counselors so much. Not only were they the first people to know, uh, because surprisingly, when you get in, uh, your teachers and your counselors may not actually hear from the college. So definitely the first thing I did in the morning was went directly to them, thanked them. And then a few days later, I got them a very thoughtful card and some chocolate as well. Like I knew what their favorite candies were because I just had a really good relationship with my teachers. And and also, even going into college, after finishing up my freshman year and going back to visit my school, I stopped by and I gave them a little souvenir from college, from Harvard specifically, since I know they worked really hard helping me get into college. And I knew that me getting to college wasn't just my own effort, but included theirs. And so I wanted to give a little bit back to them to show my thanks. Wow, those are both really nice gifts. And Edgar, to your point about a hug being really intimate and powerful, you know, some of my best uh, gifts were hugs. So I think that was a really nice gift. And same thing with you, Alex. I think personalizing the gift really showed them how much you appreciated it. On my end, I, of course, thanked them, you know, before, during, and after the process. But during Visitas, the Harvard Admit weekend, uh, I got them all coffee mugs with, with the school's logo on it. And I gave them to them and let them know, hey, one of the reasons I'm here is, yes, my hard work, but also the hard work that you put into my rec letters. So it's kind of like we all got into Harvard. This is Alex. This is Edgar. And this is Uriel. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on today's episode. Tune into our next episode on August 29th. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to our Facebook and Instagram pages to stay up to date. Feel free to email us if you have any questions. We'd love to hear from you.